You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red as we preview Nottingham Forest's visit of Manchester United and look at the departure of sporting director Philip Giraldi after six months at the club. And joining me to discuss that is Reds fan Michael Temple. Temps, good afternoon. How are you doing? Good, Matt. You? Yeah, not too bad. Can't complain about anything. So, yeah, doing all right. <laughs> we had some discussions beforehand about, uh, yeah, we won't go into it, but I'm fine. Uh, yeah, all, all good, all good. Right, uh, we'll get into Manu and Giraldi in a bit, but uh, obviously the big discussion is the relegation battle. Can Forest stay up? See Cooper's future. We discussed that at length with uh, Lewis McGugan and Greg on Monday, which was a good chat. Do check it out if you haven't. But what's your take on the relegation battle? Because it'll probably frame the conversation. Are Forest dead and buried, or do, they, do you still feel they've got a chance? Well, we're not not dead and buried, but we're at the wrong end of the seesaw now, aren't we? I think uh, ten, 10 days ago, we were looking at the prospect of a a week in which we'd have three games that we felt we could compete and make a, a good account of ourselves. We didn't. Uh, that might be a bit disingenuous to the Wolves' performance, which was positive until we conceded. But one point from nine was not what we were looking for, given the context of the matches that are to, to come now. So, yeah, look, balance of probability is going to be really, really tough for us to stay up now. And the, the, last, the last week has um, quashed some of my optimism. I don't buy any of this that I'm seeing about we're not going to win another game all season. There's no way we compete, can compete. Too many players out of the uh, out of the mix and all the rest of it. We'll spring a surprise at, at some point. Um, the, the challenge is going to be whether or not that's that's too little too late because um, we, we've passed up far too many old opportunities. When we didn't get the result against Wolves, when we didn't get the result against Leeds, we still looked at the table thinking, win the next one and we're, we're back in the mix. Feels really tough against Man U. I've been so impressed by them in the games that we've played against them. Their upturn in form since Ten Hag really got a grip. Yeah, look, there's no two ways about it. We're in a real battle, and all of the neutrals seem to think that we're going to be one of the three. I think your branded not CC gilet is making you a bit staticky. I don't know if you want to remove it and show the people what you've got underneath. I hope you've got something underneath. Just a classic woolen polo today, Matthew. Good, there good. Go. Yeah, I think that's better. That's good. Right, well, hopefully we don't need to remove any more layers, a la Keaton Davis in Market Square, but we should be uh, should be all right. Uh, so I'll just read out the other fixtures at the weekend just so people uh, know where we're at and it'll probably emphasise the importance of this game. Uh, it is Southampton v Palace, Everton v Fulham, Spurs v Bournemouth, Wolves v Brentford, um, I put Man City v Arsenal. It's actually Leicester City v Man City, uh, West Ham v Arsenal, and Leeds v Liverpool. So there's still a lot of teams in it. Uh, and you look at those games. Obviously, tough one for Leicester under new management. West Ham a tough one v Liverpool. Leeds a tough one uh, as well. Everton v Fulham. I feel like Everton are probably going to get a result there. I mean, is this Man United game? Is it a must win now, or are we still at that stage where a point's a good result? Do you think? Points a great result for me. Um, this this isn't one of the games I'd I'd target even from even from this point to be gung ho and to to try to win. I think this is one of the games where the counter um, and more importantly trying to trying to recover the ball in the final third uh, might serve as well. However, 
that game plan is most effective when Ryan Yates and Czech Koyata are available and they're not going to be this weekend. But you, you've hit the nail there. There are um, matches this weekend in which teams around us are going to pick up points. Last weekend wasn't great for us, was it, in the manner that others did well um, relative relative to us. So, yeah, some, some teams that we're in very direct competition with have got greater prospects than us this weekend. I'm not going to say it's must win. There is a route for us to stay up whilst drawing or even losing this game. Um, but yeah, it just looks it just looks so much tougher now, doesn't it? If we were to look at all of our fixtures um, in the round, Southampton obviously is one of the games that we target. But we need to we need to spring a surprise at some at some point. And uh, yeah, I, I can't foresee, um, given recent form, how we go about getting three points out of the Man U game. But you know, we're going to have to try. Yeah, true. If we don't win, I agree it's not must win, but it's not far off. Because if we don't win, we're going to have to go somewhere and win. And there's absolutely yeah. zero evidence of that. We're going to have to beat Palace away, maybe Brentford away. If we do win this one, and I just appreciate it, it's a massive, massive if, but kind of opens the doors. The Brighton home game next, the Southampton game, Palace. We've kept saying this for weeks, haven't we? It makes you more, it changes the picture. And I think we're at that stage now where they can't actually get some points because we can't keep playing it. But wouldn't you like to see us go somewhere with the shackles off and not have this plan of trying to win 1-0 with 25% possession to to try to take the game to someone, to, to pick an attacking team, not to play with the, the low block and just to try something different? Because you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, but if, if we'd have tried that um, 12 times to, to this point, I'm almost certain we'd have a better return than, than we do at the minute um, from, from these away matches which is, you know, for me, the one black mark against Cooper's name, exception in the championship, exceptional at home. Um, it's just that this, this Premier League away record has been, has been dismal. And we need to try something, something different. We've made suggestions. We, we've um, looked at shapes, haven't we? We've looked at various different ways of, of setting up the, the team. Um, but if it gets to that point, which it almost is now, where we have to spring a surprise on the road, I don't think we're best served um, by inviting teams on and, and trying to nick it on the break one nil. I just I just wonder if we could, yeah, do a bit more, change even more, um, set up with more positive attacking intent, and at, at least um, go down swinging in those games rather than letting other teams walk onto us. It's been it's been really frustrating watching the Leeds and, and Villa uh, performances and seeing uh, the same result from a from a similar setup. I didn't mind. I mean, I actually I was on here lobbying for a change to three at the back because it is instinctively more defensive. I think probably I prefer to be a bit more pressing at home, if anything, and try and press home our advantage away from home. Like that Villa game, I, I, I'll go back to Leeds, actually. I think you're right. We just let teams walk onto our full-backs all the time. We're too open. I, didn't, I just didn't understand it. The Villa game, though, that first half, we were nicely on for a nil-nil. And if we played like that in every away game, I'm just totally convinced we'd have got more points, even mm. if there'd been more ugly draws and snuck a win. Instead of having six away points, we might have nine or ten, and then we'd be out of the relegation zone and we'd be feeling pretty comfortable. Obviously, we discussed the Villa game at, uh, at length, but that Shelby one absolutely killed us. But I thought we looked a lot more organised, and I, I was pretty comfortable that first half at Villa. So I, I wouldn't have minded playing that way in every away game, to be honest, but it's all hindsight. It's all gone now, pretty much, with three or four away games to go. You're going to ask me the Shelby question. Are we going to wrap that up into team selection slash 
recruitment team departure? Uh, team selection. We'll come on to team selection now. Actually, I'll put a I'll put your team up, which I think we both agree is the most likely team we'll see. And then I've done a kind of a counter one, which is a little bit not maverick, but a, a bit more out there. But I still kind of quite like it. So uh, let me just check. I get the right one. Yeah, I think this is this is basically our predicted team. So I'll read it out for those who are listening. Do feel free to comment on it, as I'm sure you will in the comments section if you're watching us live. Uh, Navas in goal with Dean Henderson still injured. Williams, Felipe, Worrell and Toffolo across the back with, we assume, Aurier out and Lottie out. We not had Cooper's press at the time of recording this and Niakate out. Midfield three, Froiler, Danilo and Mangala. So we'll come on to Shelby in that. And then a front three of uh, Morgan Gibbs-White as that kind of false nine. Brennan Johnson on the right and bringing in Taiwo uh, Awanyi on the left. Uh, Where shall we start? Yeah, let's start with Shelby then, Temps. I mean, Greg said he doesn't have the the trust in him to uh, deliver when it's under pressure. Uh, uh, do you would you want to see him play again this season? Is he written off completely for you, or do you just want him out for this game? Yeah, look, I think the the last uh, game was a bit of a reprieve for for Shelby because we spoke about that lack of defensive intensity and the choice that he um, had to make in altering that element of his performance. And then what happens? He has the chance to clear his lines. He tries a cute pass in his own six-yard box in the Akate, and uh, the you know the rest the rest is history. They 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 score from from that moment, and I, my head's in my hands because we've seen that twice before already this season. A player of such obvious talent, completely undone by a real lack of defensive awareness and intensity, and he he can't for me. He can't have another opportunity to make the same mistake. I'm sure that was his his brief pre-match. Do what you do. Get on the ball in the middle third, the final third. Get us ticking. Get the ball moving. Use that range of passing. But please, if the ball's at your feet in your own third, just put it in row Z. And he didn't heed that warning. And I, I, I don't think um, Cooper, who is fighting for his, for his job, and more importantly, fighting to keep Forrest in the Premier League, can place his trust in, in Shelby again. Hence that change in, in, in the midfield um, to restore Danila Froiler Mangala. I think that the headline change here is, is the return of Taiwo. We've seen flashes from the bench that he's um, back into uh, some kind of fitness and he offers a, a different type of threat, doesn't he? I hope um, in that position off the left, but occupying the box when Brennan's making his runs down the right can uh, allow Morgan Gibbs-White to drop into the hole even more, get on the ball even more, and uh, yeah, bring the bring the best out of of him because there's no doubt about it. You made this point, but Shelby has cast a bit of a shadow over over Morgan Gibbs White in in trying to be the one making that making that telling pass. So I think this is the best available eleven for Forest this weekend. However, there are eight players I think we calculated on the sidelines injured. Um, that, that could command the place in this side. So there are a couple of sticking plasters in places, perhaps most notably at fullback, where Aurier and Lodi would undoubtedly play if they were fit. But to answer your question, uh, in my mind, John Joe Shelby has started his last game for Forest. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right. I feel like unless you're a team like a top team like Man City or Liverpool, well, Liverpool so much these days, the, or Arsenal, you know, you tend to have very energetic midfields now, don't you, who who press hard and try and win the ball back. We saw that be Leeds, didn't we? Uh, and Aston Villa as well. 
I think I think Shelby's not he's not right for this team at this moment. Maybe that changes, and if we're in the championship and probably no Premier League team's going to take him, or he's not going to want to go on the money he's on, then in the championship he might be a different player. We might see a lot more of him, but right now, I, I don't think you can pick him. Not against Man United, certainly. I don't think so. And I think you're spot on about Tywo. Uh, he needs if he's fit enough, then I think he does need to start. I, I think Emmanuel Dennis has done well. To be fair, obviously we were critical of him for that missed chance where he didn't square it against uh, Wolves. But I think since the World Cup, he's done a good job. But it feels to me like you need Tywo in. We need two threats with pace and strength who can threaten the uh, teams going the other way. And I think he's the man to do that with with Brennan and hopefully give more gives White someone else to pass to. So that does make sense to me. Um, you mentioned. The back four there. Uh, thoughts on Worrell coming back in? I know Lewis on Monday defended him and said he doesn't let you down. And with Felipe alongside him, he thinks he'll be all right. What do you think? I think Felipe could be a good foil for, for Joe because Felipe will be the leader, another voice and another leader by example um, in that back four. Felipe, for me, is a, a bit of a Rolls-Royce centre-half. Not, not only does he does do the dirty work, i.e. winning the heads and tackles, he then comes out of defence with his head up and, and finds finds a pass. I think if we'd have had him at the start of the season, uh, our outlook would have been markedly different. Um, I, look, I trust Joe Worrell. I've had people criticising me, saying that I blindly trust the, the, the boys that have been produced by the academy. Uh, I think that he cares about uh, Forest in the Premier League as much, if not more, than uh, any other player. And the scale of the task in this game and for the rest of the season won't, won't be lost on him. There's been, there have been some high-profile mistakes this year. Yes, there have been from everybody that's, um, that, that's, that's played for us, frankly. Um, but let's not forget that apart from Scott McKenna coming back, all of our other centre-halves are injured. So Joe's, Joe's the man who, who needs to have that shirt. He'll captain the side on Sunday. And it would mean the world to him if we win. And I think alongside Felipe, he's got every chance of, of, of succeeding. Challenge is going to be at fullback. I think if I've got a concern uh, amongst that back four, it's, it's probably Nico. We know that Rashford's out and he could have given him a really tough time um, off the left. But they've got more than enough quality that they can re- replace him with. It might be Sancho that comes in and, and gets the nod. So that, that defensive brief for Nico is going to be important. And I've probably got slightly more concern there than I'll ever have about um, Joe Worrell. The bedrock for any kind of result here is a clean sheet. And for that to happen, him and Felipe will, will need to form that partnership quickly and keep Man United at bay. Because despite having a game tomorrow night, and you know, and the and the second leg of the their quarterfinal against Sevilla um, next Thursday, they have enough quality and depth in that squad to put out an eleven that would frighten anybody. I, I look back to the Man City game as well, and remember that Warren and Felipe were the pairing for that game. And I know we rode our luck, and Harland missed some chances. But if we're going to beat Man United or get a draw, then we're going to ride our luck, and they're going to have to have an off day. And forget the chances. How good was Joe against Erling Harland? Yeah. Yeah, him and Felipe, exactly. And, you know, Joe's played when we've got good results alongside Willy Bolly. That was probably our best centre-back pairing pre-Felipe arriving. So I don't have worries about Joe. Um, and one other point I make, I was reading a piece earlier about Leicester in my day job. They've got a lot of players out of contract, a lot of players who know they're on the way. We probably have that to a degree as well if we go down. There's probably players who are going to go. 
but I think there is some value at this stage of the season having players who are going to be here next season probably and actually do care a lot. I know Joe Wall is not the perfect centre-back, but he's going to run through a brick wall and we're going to need players like that in these last few games. We're going to need bottle and mental resolve and I don't think we've had enough of it in away games. So I think there's certainly some value in having him in the team for that reason. Um, you mentioned fullbacks, so I'm going to put my alternative team. Oh, I should just say quickly as well about um, Navas in goal. Obviously, I mentioned Henderson being out, but he couldn't play in this game anyway because it's against Manchester United. Someone else pointed that out in the comments, but uh, Henderson could come back in. Just quickly, would you have Henderson straight back in when he's fit at Liverpool or not? Uh, no, I wouldn't. So, look, there's, there's been a bit of criticism for Navas, particularly because of that, um, the, the flap at Leeds, right, when he, he gave them a, a simple rebound to convert and change the game. He's done well for Forrest. And there's been games in which he's been man of the match, Leeds at home being one of them, actually. So I don't think it's that clean cut. And there's coming back from a pretty serious injury that's kept him out for a considerable um, amount of time. Um, I do think Hendo will finish the season as our first choice goalie, but that those two or three weeks where he's telling us he's fit, telling the coaches he's fit, but he hasn't proved it through any kind of appearance in a match will be really telling. There's not going to be the what you do with, with any other position of introducing with 30 minutes to go. You don't you don't do that in the Premier League, so we'll have to make a call at some point. But I I, I think for the this immediate run of games, it's Navas in possession. Yeah, if he hadn't been out for so long, I'd be more keen to get him straight back in. And we'll see how this weekend goes. But I'd keep, I think probably, yeah, you need a couple more weeks training. So I think Navas will be in goal for this game, obviously, and probably Liverpool as well, and then review it. Navas is an interesting one because you mentioned the Leeds game and he was brilliant. And I think since then, how many saves has Navas made where you think, Christ, that's a brilliant save. He's bailed us out there. And I'm yeah. struggling to think of too many. I know people go, don't like XG, but he's massively performed, underperformed his XG. He's letting like three or four more goals than his XG suggests. So I'm not as convinced by him. The Leeds flap doesn't really play into my mind as much, but he's done a steady job. But for the this experience and the money, I kind of expected a bit more. Am I out of line there, do you think? No, and look, no, no one's going to lose sleep over this. If Henry comes mm. back in, Fantastic! He's he's his last appearance with Forest was was brilliant. He's a he's a he's a class player. He did a lot for his early season. I mean, look the Liverpool game in particular. He was he was unreal, wasn't he? Um, I'm not concerned. It's a it's a marginal call. There's there's two players there who are both Premier League ready. Um, it's split in the comments, isn't it, between those that would have Hendo back in and those that would continue to back Navas. Mm. So. The, our trusted coaches do the right thing there. When they when they make that change, it will be because of the showing in training, the proof of, of Hendo's match fitness. He probably offers a little bit more proximity shot stopping, perhaps a little bit less than Navas in terms of distribution. But they're, they're both excellent keepers and uh, Forrest are going to be lucky to be able to call on both of them in the final few weeks of the season. I just hope we're still playing for something. True. A uh, bit of a mute point anyway, or a moot point going into this week anyway. Let me go back to what I was saying about fullbacks. So here's my alternative team, which would protect the fullbacks, but it would detract from Morgan Gibbs White a bit. So I'll put it on the screen. So <clears throat> this is what I've come up with. Again, I'll read it out for people listening on iTunes and Spotify. Navas in goal, back three of Worrell, Felipe and McKenna coming back into the side. Now he's fit again. Williams and Toffolo as wing-backs, again, due to injuries. Danilo, Freuler, 
Gibbs White, Freuler could easily be Mangala. I'd still like Danilo in there. And then Johnson and Awanyi as a front two to stretch them and add some presence. I, I don't see the problem with playing two up front, uh, especially against Man United, just to try and disrupt their back four and make it a bit more hard for. Um, who would it be? It won't be sure. Who's the reserve fullback? Masiala or something like that, uh, the left back and uh, Wan Bissaka. Try and stop them getting forward as much anyway. And this would protect um, Williams and Toffolo a bit. But on the, the negatives are. We've no idea how fully fit Scott McKenna is and we're throwing him back in against Manchester United. And uh, Morgan Gibbs-White at the point of a midfield three, which I know Lewis on Monday said he wasn't sure. He wasn't sure if Steve Cooper thought he could do the, the nasty side of midfield. But then my pitch would be, I remember the cup game at home, uh, Gibbs-White gave Casemiro actually quite a tough time and took the ball off him three or four times. Uh, and so I think he does bring a bit of energy to midfield, but he's going to be playing 20 yards further back. So... I don't know. There's there's positives and negatives to this team. What do you think about it, Temps? Well, the reason why it could work is we've, we've got the physicality of uh, Awanyi for when we're clearing our lines. And w- one of the reasons that um, this, this kind of shape had failed in the past was because we, we were using the punt to relieve pressure and we had nobody um, up front capable of challenging for those duels. And I, I hope that um, Taiwo can. Um, I don't think he'll pick McKenna over Mangala because of the point you've made. McKenna's had a, a long time out. And whilst it's great to see those um, pictures of him competing in training, is he ready to go straight into a game against Man United in the Premier League? Um, probably probably not. Uh, Gibbs White in that spot, I think, I think that's quite natural for him. I think that's a position he's played for the majority of his, his career. Um, Johnson and, and Awani would be up against uh, you know a pretty formidable Man United backline there, and we'd have more to do, and would be getting closer attention. So I mean that that for me is a shape that we would either use to close out the game, or if the game plan was to try and shut them down the first half before opening up. I think that does give us slightly more defensive resilience, as you as you said. But I, I can't see us springing breaks or attacking with quite the same um, threat that we would have with the, the shape that we think is more likely to happen. So, yeah, look, it's, it's valid and it certainly does solve to a point that challenge of um, uh, exposing the exposing the fullbacks by, by adding the, the third central defender. I just think it's quite unlikely, given that we've got an injury crisis um, at, at centre half, that they'd, they'd pull McKenna in to, to start a game of this magnitude, having been out for so long. Yeah, I think you're right. It's a shame that, you know, obviously Steve Cook's out of the squad and Bolly's injured and Niakate, we assume, is injured. So that is a shame. It puts a lot on them. I did like Williams at wing back at Villa Park. I thought he had his yeah. one of his better games for us. Uh, That's his natural position, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Obviously, he's not perfect at right back and he's had some criticism this year you know it's been warranted at times I think he struggled defensively but I do see a player in there much more as a wing back than a full back he's only 21 he should be able to learn that side of the game but yeah I think that's I do see some merits this team but like I said at the start I don't think it will be the one that we see I think he'll go Steve Cooper will go back to a back four really just mostly out of injuries and obviously we know Serge might be fit for this game uh, Renan Lodge, I don't think will be from the very sketchy comment we got saying he's going to be yeah. out for a while. And uh, Ryan Yates, 
we just I, I think that must be game to game with his shoulder. I don't know what's happening, but he would 100% be in that team uh, for me instead of uh, Freuler. I mean, I, I'm getting, I, I increasingly like Zanino. What do you think about him? Is it, are we asking too much for him playing game after game after game? Is it, should it still be mix and match or not? A player of great potential, isn't he? I think his, his physicality and those flashes you see where he'll receive the ball in tight proximity to his markers, use that pace and power to get away. And then you, you just want to see that bit more end product, don't you? He's had a couple of flash shots which have gone wide. Some of his final ball hasn't quite been there. But look, I, I can see what the... I know we'll get onto this, but I can see what the scouts saw in him. I think he's a player of immense potential. Um, but we'd be extremely lucky to keep if we were to get relegated because he will become a player. However, he's cutting his teeth with us at the minute out of necessity because Koyati and Yatesi are unfit to take their place in the side. So I like I like what I see. He's one for now because he has to be because of those injuries. He'll become an established Premier League player or at least play in a top Euro- European league in the future, I'm sure. But my hunch is if Yatesi and, uh, and Cheku Koyate were fit, he wouldn't be anywhere near this side uh, at this moment in time. Yeah, that's probably true. Koyate will be in it, but you know, we've signed too many players who are too injury prone, haven't we? Koyate, Bolly. I know people. we've had this terrible injury and people are pointing the finger at the medical staff and I don't think we can really do that without any evidence at all. But some of the signings we've made, they haven't got a great injury record, have they? That's been one of the issues. No, that's, look, I've got praise for the resilience of a couple of boys who, who've had a bit of criticism elsewhere, Brennan Johnson and Morgan Gibbs-White. What, one thing, apart from that calf strain that, that Gibbs-White had, if I can contact myself a little bit before we've even made the point, they've made themselves available for as many matches as they can. And there's, there's two types of sportsmen. There's those that want to scan every week and there's those that stay away from the physio and try best to manage themselves. And I think those, those, do, those two, to their credit, have tried to make themselves av- available as often as they can. Um, they've been resilient. They've run through walls for us. They're rarely substituted. And that's, that's the attitude that you need. And there are, there are one or two players who we expected so much from and have just constantly had little nicks, little niggles that have, have kept them out. Lingard probably being the best example of this. We hoped and expected to get so much um, from, from that player. And he's found himself unavailable for selection for long periods of time. And then, then form and, and, and fitness has, has kept him out of the, the reckoning for the for the starting eleven. He comes back in the game against Spurs in the cup, looks like a world beater, and then before you know it, he's he's, he's missing again. So certain players are naturally more resilient than others. Um, Yates, he would have been another one if it wasn't for the you know the, the unfortunate circumstances that he's found himself in uh, this this year. But I just I just want to praise those two because I think they have shown resilience at at a young age having not experienced the rigours of a Premier League season before to keep themselves in it, keep themselves available. And yeah, to, to a point, churn out pretty consistent um, p- performances. Uh, Brent, Brennan in particular, I think he's um, he, he's developed into a, an, an out-and-out Premier League player. And even if we're not in the Premier League next season, he will be. Uh, I have to contradict myself a little bit because someone said Kwiaty never gets injured. And I've checked, actually, the last two or three years, he does have a pretty unblemished injury record. He had quite a lot of injuries earlier in his career, but in the last three or four seasons, he hasn't. So I have to retract that one for the sake of accuracy, to be fair. Uh, let's move on to Filippo Giraldi's departure for the last five or ten minutes that we're here. Six months at the club, he came in after George Sirianos, the head of recruitment, and Andy Scott, the chief scout, were both sacked. 
I assume, paying the price of the summer transfer window. And do, I, I, do we think Giraldi's paying the price for the January window? Well, he is, isn't he? I think there's there's two things there. What One is a bit of paper talk about a difference of opinion between him and the ownership about what's best for the, the leadership of the football department and what's best in the in, in, in the coaching room in particular. And the other is that recruitment and the impact of the players that he's, he's brought through the door. Um, if I'm critical about one player in particular there, it's probably Andre Ayew. I haven't worked out what his elite attribute is. I haven't worked out why he's been... Um, brought into the mix ahead of other options on the bench in, in recent matches. Um, you know, I, I, I could be wrong. Maybe he's, he's doing stuff in training that we're not, we're not party to. But from what I've seen, he hasn't uh, impacted games enough um, to earn the minutes that he's been getting recently. Shelby's a disappointment because I could see the logic of that one, the, the pace of which he was able to move the ball, the range of passing but at the expense of that flatness, lack of intensity defensively and yeah, some pretty high-profile high mistakes um, in, in recent weeks. Chris Wood, you'd have to say, um, is neither value for money nor has it worked. Statistically, we didn't see the best of him. He would have had more chances, may well have proved himself by now, but had that injury against um is it West Ham or Spurs when he when he got the when he got the got the knock. So look that's that's a pretty expensive and pretty disastrous um transfer window uh in the context of those players that I've I've mentioned there. Navas I still think was a was was decent recruitment. Danilo will come good in time and I think Scarpa long predates Filippo Giraldi. If those players had made an, an impact and we'd have been six or seven points clear of the, the drop at this moment in time. I don't think Giraldi loses his job. There's no debate about Cooper's um, position because it's not warranted. So that, that argument of the ownership doesn't happen. And the players that he's brought in are at least part of the reason why we've got ourselves clear. However, as it's transpired, we've given those players opportunities. We haven't seen the upturn that we wanted or expected in, in performance or results. Someone has had to pay the price. There's obviously been some int intense discussions behind the scenes and it's, it's Giraldi that's disappeared. I'll say one thing in his, in, in his defence. I'm, I'm probably breaching confidences to a point here, but I sat in front of him for a couple of games and his, his passion in like living every moment of the game and encouraging players and, you know, um, chirping about decisions that the, the officials are making everything else. I could see there was a passion there and he cared. And he and he, he wanted he wanted to win. He was certainly ex extremely vocal, but it's the results industry. He'll get another job elsewhere off the back of what he did at Watford. We'll pull someone else in off the back of what they've done at Southampton in the past or, or whatever else. This position is a merry-go-round in the same way that managerial appointments are. He'd have come in with a transfer dossier. He was resourced to the hilt to make those uh, make those moves a reality and ultimately they've they've failed or haven't haven't made the impact that anybody would would desire so i was a little bit surprised to see um that departure so soon after the sirianos crew who were obviously blamed for um the lack of lack of output from the from the summer window um never like to see anybody lose their job but if it brings about positive change and the next window is more successful He'll just become a footnote in our history, soon forgotten. 
do you this is a very hypothetical question around are you i mean if the game's on the line on sunday and steve cooper thinks i use the man for the last 20 minutes to shut this game out or get us a goal but he knows he's putting his head on the chopping block because he must know what people think of are you in the fan base do you think he still brings Ayu on, or does he turn to a more popular option in Dennis? We can't defend for Toffee, but is Lively or Sam Surridge who he seems to have written off? Oh, look, I, I don't think Ayu gets minutes this weekend. I think he, he's just been not even mistakes or like things he's doing wrong, just like quite anonymous performances. And w- with certain changes, certain uh, personnel, you can see what they're trying. Dennis will run it a fullback all day. Um, Sam Surridge will look for opportunities for a one-touch finish in the box. He'll be more physical when the ball's in the air. I just haven't seen what Ayu does. I think um, Cooper needs to be seen to be trying something different. Plan C for a few weeks has been minutes for Andre Ayu. It hasn't worked. He'd be, he'd, he'd be foolish, in my view, to um, even consider him as a bench option this weekend. And just lastly on Giraldi in a wider picture... I think this season has been pretty chaotic and I think it perhaps it was always going to be because of, like we said on Monday, a promotion built on eggshells. They needed to move quickly. They needed to take risks in the transfer market. Going forwards, I suppose we hope that there's a massive debrief at the end of the season uh, and they formulate a plan for some long-term stability to hopefully get us back in the Premier League if we go down and establish ourselves if we don't. That's, that's the obvious aim, isn't it? Yeah, look, the, the suggestion from broadsheet journalists that, that broke this story is that one of the things Giraldi wanted to install was a long-term plan. Um, he's, he was pro-Steve Cooper, good relationship with him, wanted longer-term certainty for him and felt that he, he could work with him to support him in recruiting players and getting them through the door. The challenge is like, we, we haven't come up with a, um, a Brentford or a, is Norwich a good example no, of right. truck? Well, try, trying to build a team around the team that came up. We, we, we came up with a, uh, a plan backed by serious finance to sign the type of players that we thought would keep us in the, in the Premier League. So it's, um, you know, we, we, we've got a budget which the, the ownership perhaps rightly think should keep us in the Premier League. So he's, he's judged on that, on that yardstick. And I think there's a lot to be said for longevity and consistency and giving people certainty over over a period of time um but the, traditionally the the premier league isn't the place where that that happens nobody gets uh, um forgiven for making five mistakes if if the sixth player they bring through the door is is a uh, uh, proves to be a quality addition he had too many misses and, and not enough hits and the ownership were decisive. They don't think they've resourced this team to be scrapping for um, 17th, 18th place. They feel, perhaps rightly so, that they've resourced this team to be three, four places higher than that. It hasn't proved to be the case. They've taken action, and that's that's their right in the whole in being the holders of the purse strings. So, I'd, look, I don't think I don't think Giraldi can be um, that that surprised. He put his name to the recruitment plan. It didn't work. Here we are. Mm. I, I do think this team will be three or four places higher, but for the injuries. I know I said this on Monday, but if you take out the five key players from other teams in the Premier League, then you know you're going to suffer. And we've seen that with 
Yates and uh, oh, who else? Bolly, Awanyi. The longer-term injuries are Mr. Chunk. Henderson also obviously brought in a very capable replacement through the owner, so fair play there. But yeah, it's been a rougher... He's not been dealt a good hand, Steve Cooper, has he? And I know he's made mistakes and we've discussed those around, you know, exposing fullbacks and being too open and uh, ending this away record. But uh, uh, it's funny, he talks to people outside of the Forest fan base and they, people say, oh, Steve Cooper's under pressure. And people are like, why? Yeah, I know. Well, that's that's the thing because we've said this before. He finishes he finishes what ninth in the league last year. Sorry, if he finishes seventh in the league last year, it's seen as a fantastic season because he's dragged us from where where he was. However, there's a there's a reset in the mind of the neutrals the second they get promoted and have this this massive budget. Now, look, I, I hate all the hindsight chat, but we could have made more of a more of a play to get a spine of that team retained. We could have grafted to get Keenan Davis. We we could have negotiated with Bree Samba. Um, who knows if we could have pushed harder for, for for Jed Spence? There's two or three other notable examples. Garner probably being another one. Would that continuity have been a better option to spinning the wheel and, and you know getting the twenty plus players in that we did? We'll, we'll we'll never know. But the ownership felt that they'd employed the right expert to make a more scientific call that changing more personnel for those proven at a higher level was the was the right way to go i think i think there are some um players like you said that if we've had a full season out of we could have been market we could have been in a markedly different position i put loddy in that number as well i think if he's in from the start and doesn't doesn't miss too many he would have been a uh, a massive addition ore was a surprise package to a point koyate was a surprise package to a point yatesy and brennan grew into the, the the level quite quite quickly and individually brought a lot to the table so yeah look everybody's made mistakes but there haven't been there haven't been too many times especially at home where I've disagreed with what um Cooper's done I like him I know there's a growing element of the fan base that think it's time to time to shuffle the deck um but Who's out there? There was a stat you, you you showed me on Twitter before. Nobody has changed their manager at this stage of the season and stayed up, right? Mm. There's a hundred percent relegation rate from anyone that's changed their manager in the um, at, at, at this stage of the season. So I'm I'm saying back him, um, but I I know that that's that's irrelevant really. It's the it's the owner's decision, and if he thinks a change will bring about an upturn in results, he'll he'll do it. Yeah, true, true. It's still it's interesting about that last season team, isn't it? With like Keenan Davis hasn't done a lot of Watford. I don't know what's happened. What happened with Samba? That'll be a good story one day. There's two sides to it. Obviously, he's gone and absolutely smashed it in Lons, and he's in the French yeah. squad. So fair play to him. I don't. I never got the impression the Spence deal was on as soon as Spurs came in. I think that was it, and I think they looked elsewhere. And the Garner to Everton one. That happened quite late in the window and we'd made our moves and we'd gone for Freuler. And again, with hindsight, to me, James Garner would be better in this team than what we have. But it's kind of a, a mute point now. Is a one year better than Keenan Davis? I think he is, to be honest. Uh, yeah, he's got more potential, hasn't he? But Ke- Keenan would have been a good option for me. I I'd, I'd, I'd certainly think that Pete Keenan last year does more than we saw from, from Chris Wood in the side because of the way that he holds the ball up, brings others into play, occasionally comes deeper for it. There's plenty of times we saw him on the turn at uh, you know, left midfield and, and, and made, that, made those barraging runs forward. But as people rightly say in the comments, there's a massive gulf between the Championship and the Premier League. 
And we, we've got rose-tinted specs to a point because we saw them trouncing relatively poor teams. Um, I don't know, mate. Look, we're, we're just we're just chucking our, chucking our opinion out there, aren't we? But Tyro's, Tyro's got a future um, at this level for me. There have been times when he's been a little bit raw. But if you were to look at him as uh, uh, in pure potential terms, he, he probably can go further than Keane in this league. Yeah. Yeah, as you say, we're just bouncing names around now. I've been doing it 40 minutes, so we'll end now. Uh, I do agree that... Um... Peaky. Am I gone? Am I back? Can you hear me? You're back. You're back. Ah, well, all I said was Keenan Davis is better than Chris Wood in, while you, while I was gone. So I'm back. Right. Uh, so we'll leave it there. Thanks very much for everyone who watched along and commented. Very much appreciated. Uh, we shall be back on Monday talking about the United game. It might be slightly later. I think it might be about half one. We normally record in the mornings, but we uh, shall be back as ever. Temps, thank you very much. Cheers, Matt. Look, let's say we're celebrating on uh, on Sunday. Stranger things have happened. And I, I just hope there's, there's more twists in this story yet. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. It's quite hard work talking about defeat after defeat. Or yeah, there'll be ten games that I win if we don't win this one. So yeah, it would make a massive difference to everyone's morale and the direction of the season. So yeah, have a good few days, everyone. Enjoy the weekend if you can, and we shall see you on Monday. <laughs>